You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Hello and welcome to The Scrimmage. I am Justin Domashevitz. No Daniel Hargrove, no Andrew Gross here today. Sorry if that disappoints you. You're stuck with me. I do have some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to do an Athlete of the Week. We have some really exciting news coming out of, believe it or not, Seahawks camp that's going to provide us with our Athlete of the Week. I'm also going to do a very special segment with a very special guest from another podcast. Yes, we are going to have a crossover special here on the scrimmage, and it's going to be really fun. We're going to start things off instead of with a two-minute drill because I don't have questions to ask myself. I mean, I could, I suppose, do that, but it would be a little clunky. I don't know. Maybe it would be the kind of segment that I would normally like. But instead of doing that, we're going to structure Stump Daniel, which, by the way, is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. We're going to structure it a little different. I'm going to give you a clue, a little tidbit of something, and you're going to try throughout the course of this episode to figure out who it is, and later in the episode, I will give you the answer. So here it is, Stump Daniel, brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. This Seattle Mariner had the highest strikeout-to-walk ratio through his first 15 starts in MLB history. So in the history of Major League Baseball, through the first 15 starts of a career, this Seattle Mariner had the highest strikeout-to-walk ratio. Think on that. We're going to cycle back to it. Maybe later in the episode, if I'm feeling it, I'll give you a clue. But for right now, we're going to go into a quick commercial break, and on the other side of that, I'm going to give you an Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you for joining us and sticking with us on the scrimmage. We are brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. I am Justin Domashevitz, no relation. Later in this episode, we are going to have a special segment that is brought to you as a crossover episode with a co-host from another local podcast. We are very excited to do that. Sorry, no Daniel Hargrove, no trusty producer Andrew Gross this week. So if you're noticing that things seem a little different or weird or worse, that's because Andrew's not here. But you know what? Summer's always a little weird. It's not that big a deal. We're going to get back on track. And for now, I am going to bring you something interesting. And hopefully I'll bring you something a little funny later. But for right now, I'm very excited to announce that our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week once again, this is a, a repeat offender. This is a guy who's won Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week before. He has won it again. He is former Aberdeen Bobcat Joel DeBlanco, who now, after going to the University of Cincinnati, 
accomplishing really big things in his college career. He signed with the Saints earlier in the year as an undrafted free agent. He was unfortunately waived by the Saints shortly thereafter. But the exciting news hit Grays Harbor this week that Joel DeBlanco had signed as a free agent with your Seattle Seahawks, which is so cool. Like, there's no possible better scenario of a place that Joel could have landed than Seattle. So, number one, it's enough. Signing with the Seattle Seahawks, whether you end up on the practice squad or whether he ends up seeing the field at Lumen Field this year for the Seahawks or wherever they end up playing, it's very exciting and it's Athlete of the Week worthy just to have signed with the Seahawks. But it's a little more interesting to think about the way that he ended up getting in there. The Seahawks did they did a workout where they brought in seven different guys. And if I read social media right, Joel was the only player out of those seven who was signed, and he was signed almost immediately. He had a really good workout. Um, Pete and John liked what they saw out of him, and they signed him right away, and it was right going, just going right into the mock game. Now, if you've never heard of these mock games, it's kind of a little intra-squad scrimmage that the Seahawks do, and Joel got to play in this intra-squad scrimmage because he signed with them right before it happened. This week, this all happened this week. It all happened really fast. I did not get to watch the scrimmage, but I have it on good authority based, authority based on a combination of talking to people who were there and reading Twitter of media members who were there watching the scrimmages that Joel had several tackles in the scrimmage. I was told he really showed out. He really played really well, including a tackle for loss and what was described by by one Twitter reporter as an quote unquote impressive diving interception, which actually ended up not counting because there was an unrelated penalty on the play. But still, the fact that Joel was able to go out there and put in front of his coaches, in front of everybody, everybody important that he needed to impress, he got tackles. He got a TFL, and he went out there and he made a diving interception play. Joel, for being signed with the Seahawks, for having a great showing in the mock game, you are our Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week, and I cannot wait to follow what goes on this NFL season with Joel and really hoping that you know he'll be able to get out there and see the field. And I, I mean, if you're looking at the kind of player that's signed at this point, often... One thing that the, Joel's a linebacker and the Seahawks need linebacker depth. So I do not want to discount the possibility that Joel could get in there as a part of linebacker depth for your Seattle Seahawks. But I would like to add that if you're trying to add guys to do the little things like play special teams, Joel is ideal. He's big. He's strong. He's a sure tackler. He's disciplined. You can trust him to do exactly what you need to do on every play. So I feel like from, from one perspective, the Seahawks do need depth at linebacker. They've got some backup slots that need to be filled. And impressive showings like what Joel had in the mock game are certainly going to help him along the way. But in addition to that, you've got a need on every NFL team for guys who can jump in and play special teams at any given moment. And a guy who's proven at the Division I level, at the highest level of Division I, in the college football playoff, mind you, with Cincinnati, that's how high of a level Joel played. He's proven to be a disciplined, strong, 
sure tackler who makes good decisions and can move for his size. Now, I'm not going to go out there and call him a speedster, but the dude weighs 240 pounds. So weighing 240 pounds, you know, for his size, the guy can really move. So really impressed with what Joel's been able to do. I'm super excited that he was signed that he signed with the Seahawks and we will be rooting for you, Joel. If you're listening, if you're out there listening, we will be rooting for you a hundred percent every possibility this season. Now, since we had the mock game and I'm going to pull up some stats here because I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. Um, I did see some stats come out that seem to reaffirm kind of what we were already thinking. Um, they don't keep, they didn't keep individual defensive stats. Oh boy, now I'm not going to be able to find them. Okay, here they are. So we've been talking a little bit about the quote unquote quarterback competition for the Seahawks between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I feel like Pete Carroll's been pretty consistent throughout this. Hey, this is Geno's job. Drew's going to have to try to take it from him, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like most people who are looking at this from a football analytical perspective are of the opinion that Andrew and I came to the conclusion of last week on this very podcast, which is we kind of know what Gino is. We've seen him a lot. He's okay. He might not kill you. It's kind of a Travaris Jackson situation. He's not going to be the guy that leads to much of anything. There's, there's probably roughly a decade of Geno Smith that we could look back on several years of which he was actually the starter for the New York Jets. We kind of know what he is. We saw him in the second half of last season. He's older. There's not that much to really look at and go, Geno, he might come out and surprise you and he might be the guy. On the other hand, the Seahawks do have a player who is newer to the league has not as much experience under his belt. And he is a guy that Chris Sims, although I don't agree with Chris Sims on everything, Chris Sims described him as a guy with quote-unquote top 15 quarterback talent. So he has the ability, he has the youth, and you've got like the factor of the unknown there with Drew Locke. So in this, the unofficial passing stats from this mock game, Geno Smith... 10 for 19 with 94 yards. Drew Locke, 18 for 27. So that's a better completion percentage if you're keeping track at home. 185 yards, which is more yards if you're keeping track at home. And a touchdown with no picks. It seemed not only just from looking at the stats, but also kind of reading some of what people wrote who were there, that there was no question that Drew Locke outperformed Geno Smith in this mock game. I don't want to put too much stock into it. It's training camp. It's not even a preseason game. It's less than a preseason game because it's an intra-squad scrimmage where they need to assess some things and they want to get guys some live reps, but they're also trying not to get injured. And what the biggest story probably coming out of this thing was that the Seahawks got through their mock game with virtually no injuries. So I don't want to put too much stock into it. But I will say that I, I hope that this is the first of a series of things that happens in this offseason through the preseason that leads to Drew Locke being the starter. 
for the Seattle Seahawks. And it's not even because I think Drew Locke is amazing. And it's not even because if I were a betting man, I'd bet that Drew Locke is going to be really good. It's because we know what Geno is. I don't think Geno Smith is taking you anywhere special. And at least if Drew Locke is in there, you got boom or bust capability. Boom would be great. Bust would be fine. I could live with bust. The more you bust, the higher draft pick you get. The higher draft pick you get, maybe the better quarterback you can get next year. We'll see how it goes. But for now, I think it's been pretty clear that I, 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 it's hard to gauge public opinion and I don't want to speak for too large of a demographic of people. And I know there are Geno supporters out there. There are those of you out there who were looking at it going, I think Geno was fine last year, but I think predominantly fans and analysts are looking at it going, you should probably play Drew Locke and see what you have. And that's what I'm hoping for. We do have a really exciting segment coming up on the other side of this next commercial break that I am I'm pumped to do. I've been teasing it now since the beginning of the episode. We have a special guest from another local podcast. Yes, there is another local podcast. Believe it or not, I have searched for podcasts in Grays Harbor, and I've mostly come up empty. So if you know of a podcast in Grays Harbor that actually is active and consistent, please let us know. We are on Twitter at The Scrimmage. We're on Facebook. You can find us and uh, send us a message or whatever. We're on email, thescrimmage at gmail.com. You can go on our website and fill out the form. There's lots of ways to get a hold of us. I would love to connect with other local podcasts and see how we can work together. But for today, for this week, I have a special guest that's going to come on on the other side of this commercial break. Team of realtors at Olipen Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. Olipen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket in less time without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The Oli Pen team is ready to work for you. And welcome back to The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We are brought to you by Oli Pen Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Now, I teased this at the beginning of the show, Stump Daniel going on throughout the process of the show. I'm going to give you a fact, and you have to try to figure out who I'm talking about here. This Seattle Mariner broke the Major League Baseball record for the highest strikeout-to-walk ratio through the first 15 starts of his career. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. I'm going to give you one hint, and then when we close the show, I will tell you the answer to this trivia. Hint, it is not Felix Hernandez. What non-Felix Hernandez Seattle Mariner broke the Major League Baseball record for the highest strikeout-to-walk ratio through the first 15 starts of his career. Now, I am very excited to introduce this special guest that we have coming on today. I've teased this now several times without revealing who it was going to be. Our crossover episode from the Shenanigans and Shenanigans After Dark 
podcasts. Angel Domashevitz, our guest co-host, is going to join us for the second segment of the scrimmage. <laughs> Angel, welcome. Hi, thank you. I think everybody at home went, <gasps> wah, wah. <laughs> no, this is a big deal. This yes. is our, this is, yes, this is a is. scrimmage first. This is the first Yay. ever scrimmage crossover podcast with any other podcast. And not only that, but we have connected with another podcast in Grays Harbor County. Shenanigans, go listen to it if you haven't yet. Angel is a co-host with Becky. They do uh, Pacific Northwest history. There's some true crime. There's going to be some spooky stuff. They talk about Oakville goo. And on top of that, just a grand amount of nonsense. It's my favorite podcast. I like it better than my own podcast, personally. (laughs) So Angel, I'm so happy that you're with us. You're so good at this. Well, I was just learning from you. I'm soaking it in. Your oh enthusiasm. No, don't learn from me. Your knowledge. You gotta learn from somebody else. I love else. it. But I thought for your appearance on this show, yeah, we needed to do something special. Yeah. So I came up with my own idea for a segment. Oh, okay. It will be debuting for the first time on this podcast. Or any podcast. Okay. It's called Reddit or Not. Hey, (laughs) that is my segment that I just came up with for our shenanigans podcast. And you know this because one, you listen. And secondly, you featured with me on the shenanigans podcast that is going to be coming out on Monday. I don't know what you mean. Which is tomorrow if you're listening Sunday and today if you're listening Monday and a different day if you're listening a different day. I don't so. know what you mean. I just came up with this segment. <laughs> it's called Reddit or Not. Yeah. It's kind of like Ready or Not, but you get yeah, something from Reddit. Reddit or Not. Here we come. Yeah, yeah. Re- exactly. So I just came up with this. It's really groundbreaking. Man, you are so effing smart. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> not the way a your brain idea. works. I mean, coming up with a segment like that and just... Not a stolen idea. Yeah. Wow. So I think what we'll do is we'll start with... I have a... I have, this is something that I thought of for the first time ever. <laughs> I went on to Reddit and I came up with an AITA story, which is, am I the a-hole? But yeah. for the PG audience that we have in this podcast, I'm going to say, am I the jerk? So it's an AITJ oh, story. So you're making me look like the a-hole because on mine I say, am I the a-hole? I'm just saying <laughs> if you wanted a family-friendly podcast, you'd um, skip what people would guess the A stands for. So yours is A-I-T-J. Am I the jerk? Okay. Okay. So, Angel, I want you to tell me, and I, I did have to find a sports-related one because okay. this is a sports podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a husband and a wife situation. A husband, so, not just our situation. No. Because we are husband and wife. Yeah, I need but... you to tell me if this wife is the jerk. Oh, okay. Okay. This wife wants to know if she's the jerk. Okay. She says, my husband is a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a sports writer. He even worked for his college newspaper as a sports editor for three years. But he graduated in 2008 when the newspaper industry tanked mm. yeah. and he couldn't find a job. That's right. He tried writing online, but he only did it in his spare time and found a full-time job in another industry. Does this sound familiar? I was going to say, like, <laughs> is, are you calling me out here? Because I'm pretty sure I was super nice. And excited for you when you were writing. You did in not. Your sports. This is not you. Yeah. The similarities will end very soon. Yeah, because you did um, really well when you were writing, and you were passionate about it. But it, you know, 
industry was dying. So this narrator then says, yes. eventually he spent less and less time doing it, meaning the sports writing. Yes. And just focused on a career doing something else. Okay. He still follows our local teams pretty closely and watches games on TV very often. But he doesn't attend games much anymore as we have a three-year-old son, a house, expenses, responsibilities, etc. I'm sure he will want to take our sons to game in the next year or two once his attention span allows him to sit for more <laughs> of the game. Oh, sure. A couple days ago, a friend of mine called me and asked me if my husband and I wanted to join her and her husband at a baseball game the next day. Yeah. Her husband's company has season tickets right behind home plate in the club section. Dude, that sounds awesome. Free food, free drinks, fourth row behind home plate. Yeah. It sounded amazing, but short notice. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I've also been working long hours for the past couple weeks, and I am exhausted. I also feel really guilty that I haven't been home to spend much time with my son lately. Like, sick to my stomach, guilty. Okay. Do you see the direction yeah, this I, is going? Yeah, yep, I do. So I declined the invitation. Oh. That night when I got home, my husband was already putting our son to bed. Oh, goodness. I was just happy I got to read him a book and tuck him in for the first time in what felt like forever. After I put my son to bed, I mentioned the tickets to my husband. Before I could even finish the sentence, he said, let's go. I'll call a sitter right now. I had to tell him that I had already declined the invite because I am so exhausted okay. and I don't want another night away from our son right now. I'm hearing the word I <laughs> a lot, like way more than I should be hearing it right Here's now. Here's another one. Yeah. I told him how guilty yep. I feel yes. and that I just need some time at home with my family. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, at the beginning... I was going to say, well, she's the woman, so of course she's right. But right now, she is not looking so great. The narrator goes on to say, yes. he got upset with me yeah, he did. for not even asking him about it before turning it down. Yeah. He said he's been taking care of everything at home in addition to work while I've been working long hours and that we both deserve a break for ourselves. He said sitting behind, behind home plate has always been a dream of his. I told him... I can ask my friend about maybe next time, or maybe we could buy oh, them. Goodness. Maybe we could buy seats like that for Ooh. ourselves. Yeah, that's expensive. He pulled out his phone and looked up how much those seats cost, mm -hmm. and they were seven hundred and fifty dollars oh a piece. Oh my gosh! He said, oh. "There's no way we would spend that much on a single game, and this was the kind of experience he always wanted." He said, "I should have at least asked him about it first. Yeah. I told this is you're gonna like this part. Yeah. Since you mentioned how many times she keeps she saying said I. I, like I want to slap her. I told him. Yeah. He is being selfish. Did she say I told him I says? I told him I said. <laughs> he is being selfish by putting his oh. own wants for fun above my need for family Ooh. time and relaxation. He said he would have preferred that I didn't even tell him about it. That way he could at least live in ignorance. About how close he got to living one of his dreams. I told him to stop being so dramatic. Oh my god! It's just a baseball game. But he, he's pretty much ignored me since. Unless it's to talk about our son. Wow. So, Angel, is this person the jerk? Um, okay. You're not the jerk when you discuss things with your husband. Mm -hmm. You know, you come to a decision together. You take the other person's... Um, 
talents, ideas, thoughts, all of that into consideration. And since they've been married for at least, I don't know, I don't know how long they've been say, married. It didn't say. They have a three-year-old, so they've yeah. been together right. at least three years or more. Um, she saw him, well, yeah, she saw him through the college and all that, or he told her about it. I don't know. But she should have known that this is something that you don't pass up. Like, you don't just make that decision right there and be like, oh, no, sorry, we're not interested without even talking it over. So I and she's the jerk. Okay. Like she. No gray area for you. No, because not only did she just shoot it down when you're in a marriage, you're in a partnership, you discuss things, you make decisions together. Right. I get it that she's been working and that she missed her son. Um, That's understandable. But. This seems like something that might only come up once. I mean, maybe her friend would offer it to them again, but who knows? They might have other friends that they want to take. I don't know. So when you have that possibly once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you don't just make it single-handedly. You Mm -hmm. talk to your partner about it. You discuss it. See what's best. You don't just say, well, my feeling is that I don't want to do it, so we're not going to. That was a my and an I. Yeah, because that's all I heard from this woman. <laughs> all she said was I and my and I. And then the only time she ever said you is when she was telling her husband he was being selfish. He was being dramatic, though. He, well, but seriously. This is a dream of mine. <laughs> what if I never get to go to a baseball game again? Well, no, it's more... <laughs> I'm not speaking to you for days now. See, and that's, that is dramatic. But I'm guessing it came as a blow to him that his wife not only dismissed his feelings, but dismissed this opportunity for the two of them to get out. It's hard when you have a three-year-old yeah. and you're working a lot. It's kind of nice to get away with just your spouse. Yeah. And she denied him that opportunity and then told him, oh, we have this chance, but we're not going. I think to me that was like, as I'm reading through it, because to, if I'm being honest, I flip-flopped on this one a lot. Because on one hand, I'm like, wow, she was really selfish and inconsiderate. But then on the other hand, I'm like, all right, guy, chill out. Okay, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but you, know? you are like an extremely reasonable person. Okay, let's put it into a Justin perspective here. Okay. Keeping it sports related. Sure. I have a friend that says, hey, when the Tar Heels are at the... Moda? You went there. Moda Center. Moda Center. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Good job. Um, Where I the have, Blazers play for the or, uninitiated. Right. I have floor seats where you're right up next to action there at half court mm-hmm. on the floor. Right there. This is a lot of impressive sports phrases yeah, that you just I know. out there. I'm an impressive person. <laughs> I sure am. Um, <laughs> and they said, and then they says to me, Angel, do you and Justin want to go? And I'm like, nah, I don't feel like it. Well, then, and then I I'm says like, hey. to him, I said. <laughs> and then I say, oh, hey, Justin, by the way, I was offered floor seats when the Tar Heels slash or Blazers play, but I told him no because I'm tired and you should just accept that I'm tired so we can't go. I feel you, like you would not be. I feel like that situation is a little different because yeah. we're talking about a guy who watches local teams and presumably watches local teams in a place where he might have the chance to go see them play all the time. Whereas the Blazer or the Tar Heels play in the Pacific Northwest like once every five years. Okay, then we'll say Blazers. 
Okay. I think I could get over it. And I certainly... And you get to meet Dame. That wasn't a part of this. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I think I think there's like... You're right for pointing out that there's a line. There's a gray area where yeah. it's like, okay, when it crosses a certain threshold, then it's a bigger deal and you yeah. get to be a little dramatic it's about it. It's a bigger it. deal. I think the thing about it, the story that gets me, is that obviously this is a couple that is in desperate need of some time together yeah and like yeah his thought immediately was and like i get it there's sports involved and it's something he loves but like oh my gosh be, yeah. a chance for a night out that's really expensive that we don't have to pay for yeah we can go have some time together let's do it she essentially he seems like, flushed fifteen hundred dollars down the toilet <laughs> right well and this is her telling the story and he comes off as oh my gosh i want to spend time with you right and she comes across as not only not recognizing that her husband needed to spend some time with her, but also not caring about spending the time with him. Yeah, she was like, no, we need to spend time home as a family. So I <laughs> I agree that the narrator is the jerk, but yeah. as someone who has been the person who, like, for several years on end, like, feels like they're constantly working, and then yeah. when I get home, like... Because you go to a sporting event, like say a baseball sports game. Sports games. Sports games. But a sporting <laughs> event, a baseball game is probably three to three and a half hours. That's a long time. Plus you got parking, plus you got to get in there and get to your seats. And then when you get over, you don't just get to go out and right. leave. It's a long like, day. The whole process of that whole thing is going to be at least probably a four and a half to five hour ordeal. They don't really say how far they live away from the stadium. Right. But like all that considered, like if you go, if you're working... 10 or 11 hours a day the last thing you want to do on a work day is sign up to go do something for like another five hours so it's not the same thing as like hey we haven't got but to spend much time together but she didn't say it together. was a work day yeah she, she did she said it was when she got home from work that day right she got home from work that day but the game was the next day and hmm. so he said he was going to call the sitter so they didn't have one in place meaning they weren't at work so it was most likely it, a weekend I read it as it was the day it was a work day, but you're right. It was left vague. Mm -hmm. They didn't really specify that. So I'm that gonna say things. it was the weekend, and you, she was like, "I'm done with this week. We're really, not going." You really want this person, this woman, to She's be the, the jerk. jerk? Well, did people agree with me? Oh yes, yes they Over, did. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, Reddit believed that yeah. this woman was the jerk. Mostly because saying things like. Wow, you cheated your husband out of something that's always been a dream of his. How would you feel if somebody exactly. had a chance to give you your dream? Which, on the other hand, I'm like, guy, it's seats behind home plate at a baseball game. Like, <sighs> I get it. Like, it's not everybody's dream. But for him, okay. this was his dream. He didn't get to achieve what he wanted to in sports writing. It's obviously a passion of his. Mm -hmm. And she chose to just be like, nah. So I think that was my only tripping point is that I'm so guarded against being ever being perceived as like dramatic or like mm -hmm. overly. I'm, I don't want people to ever look at me and be like, all right, guy, chill out. Like you're overreacting. Right. That I'm looking at this guy and I'm probably doing the sexist. I'm doing the, the toxic masculine thing of being like, guy, just <laughs> calm down. All right. It's OK. Dude, bro. Dude, bro. All right, we, we can agree. The yeah. narrator is the jerk. Yeah. You are the jerk. I got one more for you. All right. Sports related. Let's go. I got this. I know the crap out of sports. In this one, the narrator says, my kid 
in parentheses 15. So 15. They all just say right off the jump, this could get like kind of weird with the way I'm describing it because they very clearly did not want to say which gender their child was. Oh, okay. So they say my 15 year old kid currently is playing on the JV, and they didn't even say the sport. So currently is <laughs> playing team. on the JV team at their high school. They have okay. played their sport since they were six. Up until this past season, they loved playing it. This year has not been fun for them for a multitude of reasons. Some players last year were told that they were going to be on varsity, even though it's supposed to be merit-based. The kids selected were all part of the same parent-slash-kid click group. Ooh, bring the coach a coffee. See where it gets ya. (laughs) (laughs) Want to go into that? Nope. Okay. (laughs) That's not related to anything with our children, just in (laughs) case any of my kids' coaches are listening. Um, My childhood. She she goes on to say, the JV team does not get the resources due to them. All parents pay the same amount in fees, but practice times, turf, locations go to varsity. There's an assistant coach that is supposed to split time between the teams, but never does. They get extra gear for for the varsity team, but made all JV parents pick up the tab for JV necessities. Then there is also the outright disrespect. The JV team is expected to attend the varsity games, but then the varsity team leaves afterwards. They use the JV team as gophers, spelled wrong, and (laughs) have them run errands during the varsity games. Those dang gophers. (laughs) No picture, video, or announcers at the JV games. Okay. So my kid basically um, had it and told the coach they're going to quit the team. They're not having fun, and they feel disrespected. Some teammates found out, and now they are quitting too. Oh. The total number of players quitting is 11. That escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so hard because, like, 11 means different things in different sports. But 11 kids quitting pretty much any team JV on the JV level is going to be detrimental. Yep. So this means that the JV team is basically dead. So, like... If it were baseball, there would be no team, most likely. I'd say, like, football baseball could maybe football, handle. It depends on how large of a roster you carry. Yeah. Because the one, well, I'm, like, I'm thinking of basketball first, and you'd have no shot. Like, no, 11 would be no, your whole JV team. Yeah. Football, football has big rosters, but usually on the JV level or the freshman mm-hmm. level, if you lose 11 kids, you're toast. Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm assuming for most sports, whether it's lacrosse or soccer or whatever. That's a devastating, devastating loss. So the JV team is basically dead. I would say that that I would not say that my kid is the mastermind, but all of the ones quitting are close friends. Well, they say, well, yeah. And then this next line kind of proves it. They say if my kid goes back, the rest will follow. Oh, okay. The coaches are livid and parents are pretty PO'd. Are the parents PO'd at the coaches or at the kid? Well, the coaches and athletic director talked to my kid, letting the talked to my kid about letting the team down by quitting. They would have to take varsity players and have to play them on JV now. It probably would wreck both teams because then you've got guys trying to swing between right. guys or girls trying to swing between both right. and probably underperforming because they're tired and whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. My kid said they would think it over over the weekend, but would probably not change their mind. The coaches reached out to me, Hmm. and I told them the decision was up to my kid. What they are seeing is a result of their management of both teams. 
I have had other parents reach out and ask me to force my kid to play. <laughs> and I have said the decision is up to them. Some were PO'd because their kids will be playing on JV. So I'm going to assume this is the click the, group. The varsity group going, um, yeah. you need to get your kid out there to play because now my kid has to play because your kid doesn't. Right. So the That's narrator, what I imagine they sound. Exactly. Then yeah. the narrator goes on to say, I told them I don't really care because of the poopy environment. Other JV parents are threatening to go to the school board and raise heck because of what has come to light. Heck raises. My kid has told me they would play if I wanted them to and finish out the season, which is not even half at the halfway point. Oh, wow. I told them the final decision is up to them. I have been called out, not by name, but everyone knows it's me, on the town unofficial Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. I am not on Facebook, so I don't care. However, some parents are saying... That their kids are being punished now, and I could fix it. Is this parent the jerk? Wow. Layers. That here. is so many things. Yeah. So many things. Because, first off, if the... I mean, I don't know. I'm not... I don't know what the sport is or the situation or whatever. Yeah. One side of me is if you commit to play to a team, you stick with it and you are done when the school year is done, right? However, we've only ever had great coaches and stuff to where if the kid just didn't like the sport anymore, they finished playing because they're not going to let their team mm -hmm. down. So if you're coming from a situation where the coaches are literally letting your team down, you have poor conditions, even though you've paid just as much as the other kids have paid and stuff that seems very unfair but on the other hand you're also jv and you're younger and everybody had to go through that to make it to where they are so back and forth it's tricky because then the other side of me is like well change doesn't happen when everything stays the same yeah so if you want to change something you have to shake it up a little bit and bring mm -hmm. to light what is an injustice mm -hmm. how's it gonna change if you don't make like a splash see i think that's the hard part of yeah. this is like we just full disclosure obviously you and i are married we have a rule <laughs> in our earlier. <laughs> we, we uh we have a rule in our house that if the kids start something they're not allowed to quit they have to finish it finish it so for thing for them to quit in the middle of a season the offenses or injustices would mm -hmm. have to rise to such yeah. a level that I don't think was described in this story. It didn't seem like and it, it. In fact, I as I was reading most of it, I, like there is some stuff that was like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Right. But then there's other stuff that's like, well, you're just kind of describing what JV is to yeah, that's what Yeah, that's what I felt like because No every, announcers at the games. Yeah, no. I was trying to think through yeah. like when Peyton was playing JV, I was yeah. like, yeah, we didn't have an announcer. I think, we, I think that it was just not every time. Like sometimes, often there was a, an announcer, but sometimes there wasn't. Right. Like you, you get different officials. You're not getting the same cheering section. No, like, it's different. J, JV doesn't. JV is the stepping stone to varsity. So yes. it's like, yeah, you do want all the kids to have fun, but it's also the area that's supposed to help you learn and prepare you for, for, for playing varsity. Right. And she's also, this per narrator is also saying that their child is 15 years old. OP is what they're called. Yeah. Original poster. Well, I was seeing them described <laughs> as narrator, so I'm oh, going okay. with that. 
they're described they're describing their kid as 15 years old so, so like it's, young it's like a reasonable freshman, maybe? for this person freshman sophomore yeah to be playing on jv right and paying their dues and like what are you telling your kid if they start something and it gets kind of hard and you're just like um no you can just go ahead and quit well the other thing is too they were saying that one of the coaches is supposed to split time and they haven't mm -hmm. is this something that they actually took to the school board and took to the superintendent right. to say hey this like our team's getting like beat up and we don't have the resources we need you're throwing yeah. us in these crap fields and this guy's not even helping them and this is part of what they're supposed to do because there are other ways to take those types of things and fix them yeah. rather than just quitting because I don't know. It, it sounded like a lot of things that you just kind of go through on JV, but should you have to? I don't know. Well, when and I that's was it, on, like, there, yeah. there's some parts of that that I was like, oh yeah, that kind of, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Right. But nothing that felt like, it wasn't like they were saying, oh, they make us practice out in the heat and they don't let us have any water. Right. We right. don't get proper safety equipment. <laughs> we're not yeah. like they're letting the varsity when we practice together, they're already letting the varsity kids beat up on us and not stopping it. Like there, there wasn't something that rose to the level of, right. Oh man, we need to stand up for ourselves and fight the injustice. It was more like, yeah. Oh man, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm just going to quit. Well, and it sounded like, this isn't fair. Yeah. So I don't want to do it. Stump my you, feet you on can't, the ground. You can't be... Like, there is a hierarchy. Yeah. Varsity's at the top. They're usually older. Or, if they're younger, they're built different. Yeah. And um, can handle the type of blows that come with a varsity game. Or the type of speed. Or the type of whatever the sport is. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going. I was going somewhere, yeah. and then I was just lost in the No, but I get what craziness. you're saying, though. I... But, JV, you're supposed to support them. Yeah. Because soon you'll be there, and your JV and C-Squad will support you. Like, And just because you were promised or told, oh, well, we're not going to tell anybody who's on varsity, and then other kids got told, that just sounds like someone who decided oh man that hurt my feelings so what i can gather from this story mm -hmm. it sounds like the management of this team created a bad culture yes and did a bad job of creating a situation in which everybody would want to work together as a team yeah. and pitch in and you know let's do this together let's be a team like created right. division they created issues that they like yeah. they did a bad job but Every time the going gets tough, you shouldn't just quit. Yeah. So I, from the information that I have, and I, I'll just say it, Reddit disagreed with me on this one. They say, no, original poster, you're not the jerk. The coaches are the jerks well, and toxic, the co toxic sports culture is the jerk. Yeah, well, so a lot of I people are into that right now, the yeah. whole toxic sports culture I've seen it. competition. Yeah. <laughs> But what I think what she was asking, though, her ultimate question is, is she the jerk for not making her kid go back and play, right? I think she's the jerk by extension because if, as a parent, it's your job to guide your child. Yeah. You have a 15-year-old child that's trying to make a big decision in their life, and not only have you, and this is just my opinion, yeah. not only have you not instilled the proper way to make these decisions in them, Mm -hmm. But then when your child asked you for guidance and said, hey, if you want me to play, I'll play. 
and you still have said no it's up to you like to me you the kid's the jerk but the kid can't be the jerk because the kid's taking cues from you so you're the jerk by extension the kid is a kid yeah the kid's just a kid you're both jerks (laughs) there's lots of 15 year old jerks out there but see as a mom (laughs) as a mother you know you always want to protect your child's feelings but sometimes in a an environment I think sports brings a lot of greatness to people you know teamwork um hustle working together being prepared having a schedule sticking Mm -hmm. to a schedule um looking out for what's best for your team and not just what's best for you right um and so by that maybe this kid thought he was looking out for what's best for his team because he left and they chose to follow him. I guess but I think that the mom or the original poster was, I'm just. The it narrator. Has a, it has a mom vibe to it. The, oh, yeah. It wasn't a mom. It, it, didn't, it say. didn't say. Oh, I really thought it was a mom. Yeah. The original poster. Um, it just really just it was said. <laughs> really, the only thing that it directly said was my kid's not having fun anymore. They feel like it's not fair. So yeah. they're going to quit. It and did to sound me, a that, lot like go, that. that is a. That spits in the face of what you hope your children will learn by playing sports as a youth so you most kids are not going to play sports to get a scholarship or play professionally Mm -hmm. to make money so like what's the purpose of all of it like you want them to enjoy their time but all of the extracurriculars are pointless if you don't learn something from it so if you're not trying to teach your kids proper character through sports then what are we even doing yeah. No, I agree with that. And, you know, um, we are built a little different and we would probably most likely be in a place where we would call a meeting and talk to people and say these things aren't getting done. You know, like, how can we help is probably how we'd start that. Like, mm-hmm. is there something we can do? <laughs> because we like to try and not cause conflict. Some of us she- like to cause <laughs> conflict, but choose okay, not to. I don't like conflict. But I do get riled up when somebody hurts one of my kids. Yeah. I get like those situations you have to take over because there's something in me that just won't shut up if I go into something like that. It's my kid. So I think we're we're a little softer on this one than yeah. the last one, but we kind of agree that this, this I, yeah. poster is a, jo- is a jerk. I, I wouldn't say a jerk. I think, I think they're a jerk. Hmm. I think they're a jerk because... They have not instilled the proper... They're not thinking about this the right way. Right. And they haven't instilled the proper um, they kind of character it, yeah. in their children to, to really look at this in the, from or the they, perspective. Or they let their child now believe that if something's unfair or doesn't go their way, that they can just quit. Yeah. And that does not prepare you for the job world. I just picture this 15-year-old kid going, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> No, I see it more as a kid who, like, you know, when they they believe they know everything. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not going to stand for this. Oh, teenagers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's let's move on. Yeah. Um, You tell us what you think. Yeah. Listeners. No, I don't. Screw you, listeners. I don't care. (laughs) You're always so mean. You can you can tell me on my shenanigans page. (laughs) shenanigans with angel and becky tell me what you think Uh, becky and i will absolutely talk about it with you we're gonna close out (laughs) this episode with something that is a competition i will dominate okay we're gonna have a 
Well, I'm calling it a dad joke competition, yeah. even though you have told me not all your jokes might qualify as dad jokes. Okay. I've got six. So I, my thought was we just take turns. Yeah. Saying them. Okay. And then later I will post a poll or something and people can tell us who wins. I'm going to win though. Because you're mean to your listeners and no, they love me. They like the abuse. <laughs> All right. Ladies first. Scoff. <laughs> Give me your first mom joke. Okay. All right. The first one is never challenge death to a pillow fight unless you're prepared for the repercussions. <laughs> Like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Repercussions. Repercussions, okay. like repercussions. That was pretty good. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that I'm afraid of the calendar? Because its days are numbered. <laughs> the look on your face. Oh my gosh. Well, round one goes to me. Okay, um, go I think I won round one. Which is okay. I made you laugh harder than you made Spit me Spit it out, woman. What's your next joke? <laughs> Why do dogs float in water? Because they're good buoys. <laughs> they're good boys. They're good buoys. But buoys. They're good buoys. You lose points for not being able to get all the way through the punchline. I said line. it. I was just laughing as I said it. Good boy. Well, my wife, which my is you, wife. said that I should do lunges to stay in shape. For me, that would be a big step forward. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. All right, what's the difference between bird flu and swine flu? Different animals. One needs a tweetment and the other just needs an oinkment. <laughs> what do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. Because the Eiffel Tower's in Paris. Yeah, I got Sight you. In Paris. <sighs> All right, let's see if I got you with this one. A termite walked into a tavern and said, Is the bartender here? Because <laughs> <laughs> termites are good. <laughs> okay, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. So I'm I'm all four. I've got all four rounds. We got two more to go. What? Four to nothing. Go ahead. It's the name of this game anyway. I win. <laughs> what did Fitty Cent do when he got hungry? Fitty eight. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that I only know 25 letters of the alphabet? I don't know why. <laughs> Good one. A dad was washing his car with his son when his son started to beg, Dad, please use the sponge. <laughs> okay, that was a pretty good one. Okay, last one. We'll see if I can win all, all right. six rounds. My wife, which is you, is really mad at me for the fact that I have no sense of direction. No sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff and write. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I did officially win all six rounds. Well, but the thing is, Congratulations is I tried to come to up me. with a carpentry pun, but woodwork. Uh-huh. Woodwork? <laughs> I nailed it. Okay, you win the bonus round, yeah. but, but I still win all six of the main rounds. I well, might I give myself... wrongly disagree. I might give myself the Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week Award over no. Joel. Uh, Joel, all Joel did was mm-hmm. sign with the Seahawks and yeah. have a really good performance at their intra-squad scrimmage. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> so I win. Okay. <laughs> well, I would uh, like to close this episode by saying thank with you. The song, I got you. Go ahead. I was just bluffing. Okay. I don't have rights to any songs. Okay. <laughs> Except mine, but they don't. The know songs mine. you writes. <laughs> I get it. Because rights. Because you got up and right. Oh, wait, rights? Yeah. I was going back you to your you joke. I thought it was a callback. No, I didn't go that far back. Okay. You said you didn't have rights to songs. Yeah. And I was like, the songs you write. The songs that I write. Yeah. Anyway, I would like to close this episode by... In a shenanigans say, way where we digress through the whole outro. Not in a shenanigans because way where you say... that's the best way no, to close you gotta the show. Stop. No, you got to stop. The way you close the show is say, okay, we're going to close the show. And then 11 minutes later, you're Not finally signing minutes. off. No. We just make sure that we've talked about everything we need to. I would to. say sometimes 13 minutes. No, that is not the truth. So I digress. No, we digress. <laughs> I would like to close the show by saying thank you to my guest co-host, Angel Domashevitz. I have been Justin Domashevitz from The Scrimmage, which is brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Angel is the co-host of a podcast called Shenanigans. You really need to listen to it. Fun, funny, creepy, yeah. uh, true crime, Oakville ooze, anything you can think <laughs> of that's crammed into this podcast, but mostly they focus on some like uh, Pacific Northwest history of true crime and creepy stuff. And it's, it's a great podcast. I'm unbiased, but it's a great podcast. You really <laughs> should listen to it. You can find us, The Scrimmage, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. Please let us know what's going on. If you have kids in local sports that have done stuff, we'd love to know about it. Also, just shoot us an email and tell us whether you like this show or not. Daniel and Andrew care. I do not. I say screw you listeners. I'm going to do whatever I want. You guys are also on the YouTubes. We're also on the YouTubes. We go YouTubes live most Sundays. Yeah. Actually, this coming weekend, we have a really interesting show because we're going to be doing a live recording from a wiffle ball tournament, which will be really fun. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But for now... Are you playing in the wiffle ball tournament? I am not because I am (laughs) old. Who's playing in it? We're hosting a team. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. (laughs)